Hello, friends. I hope you're enjoying this new podcast, Conversations with the Rabbi. If you are, would you take a moment and give us a little rating? All of that helps people find this podcast. So whatever platform you're using to listen to this, just take a moment, give us a little review, and please do subscribe and share this with your friends. The plan is to record a new episode every two weeks and to release it on Monday morning first thing. In episode two, we continued a little bit of our conversation from episode one about lament by exploring the theme of covenant, covenant as withness. We discussed the implications about what that means for grief and how covenant is both the basis for lament and a response to it. And then we began a study through Psalm 13. Now, it may not surprise you to know that we didn't get very far into Psalm 13, but we will continue this in our next episode, our next conversations together. For now, enjoy episode two, The Covenant and the Choir Master. This is Conversations with a Rabbi. Well, I'm joined again today with my friend, by my friend Rabbi Joe, and uh, we're going to open up one of the Psalms today, Psalm 13, but you had some thoughts you wanted to explore first, Joe. What's on your heart today? Well, thank you. Thank you. It's great seeing you again. Last week when we were speaking, you brought up covenant, and I wanted to, to develop that especially since I, I completely glossed over it when you mentioned it. I was going to come back to it, but it was too late. But I thought that covenant is central to what we are trying to achieve here in our sacred lives. I mean, it's foundational. And without going into Hebrew or Greek, we'll, we'll limit it just simply to the English word covenant and its Latin root which I think offers us some real insight into what we are approaching here, which is lament. So covenant in its Latin form literally means it's a coming with, hmm. convenire. It's a coming with, a coming together. But this, this idea of with, 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 hmm. relevance of covenant to lament for me so glad you brought it up last week or two weeks ago. The relevance of covenant to lament is it's how we come together. Covenant mm. is how we come together, mm. come with. When everything is coming apart, <sighs> our lives are falling apart. Mm. And yet covenant literally means coming with. And tragically, and I say this personally, and I'm sure you can relate, how often, forget genuinely reflecting <laughs> on covenant, just how often am I even aware of covenant, hmm. of encountering that withness hmm. that comes as a result of being in covenant? Yeah. What am I coming with? Hmm. What am I coming with? That's what covenant is. It's good. And am I able to experience that withness, experience coming into the withness when life comes apart or falls apart? That's the lament of covenant. Mm. I'm breaking apart with. Mm. 
I am breaking apart with. And that's, I mean, it's so profound. And I never truly, it's something you just assumed. We're in covenant. But like most aspects of the sacred, when we begin to settle in and reflect, we realize, my God, my God, what have I missed? Yeah. Because the deepest and most unbearable parts of our darkness that we struggle with and suffer with and lament over is that we feel we are without. Mm. Hmm. We are without the withness of covenant. Wow. And we are grieving, we are alone. And that's where, that's where these biblical laments come in as a model to guide us and walk us through life's laments. And that's where we, we as followers of the sacred, that's where we come in for those who are without. We come in for those who are without because we are here to come with something, mm. not with answers, which yeah. we will develop in our Psalms. And we've discussed this over the years, the answers that we come. Covenant is not coming with answers. Mm. Covenant is coming with presence, coming mm. with presence. And so the question is, what are we coming with? Or more painfully, what are we leaving people with? Yeah. And I remember, I, I, I realize I'm not, you know, I'm not messianic. And just for those who don't know, I am Jewish. I'm a rabbi. I'm not a messianic Jew, but I have high esteem and great respect and reverence for many mm. of Jesus's teachings. Mm. They are novel mm. and they are a light to the world. There's no doubt about it. If people mm. lived with that light, mm. this world, the sun would never set. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. There is great wisdom. Mm. And I realized as I was reflecting on covenant, when I was breaking down the word, and I'm curious of your thoughts on this, Glenn, because sometimes we think we're, wow, that was a great thought that I just had. And <laughs> yeah, you're going to come and tell me yeah, that's wonderful, Joe. I learned that in my uh, kindergarten <laughs> seminary school or whatever. <laughs> but I realized this idea of what are we coming with, or more importantly, what are we leaving people mm. with? Mm. I, Jesus, I, in his great commission, yeah. In, in Matthew 20 and Matthew 28, 20, the last verse, mm. the last verse, it, 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 it almost exploded in my mind. When Jesus says at the end of the verse, behold, and the Greek is ridiculously emphatic, but we're going to leave it in the English. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll spend the whole time on the Greek, but it is words that that truly shook me. I mean it. They shook me. Even though I knew the words, I knew them now, I heard them, mm. I encountered them in lament and in covenant, because it is about the lament and covenant. And I mm. think that Jesus, well, here, Jesus says, behold, mm. I am with you always, always, yeah. always until the end of the ages. Notice what he said, I am with you. Mm. As he is leaving, mm. he is leaving, and yet he is still with. Mm. And that's our model. Mm. As we find people, as we see people, 
who are without, mm. legitimately and honestly without, mm. what can we leave mm. them with as we leave? And I thought, my God, that is how we live lament. I'm curious, what are your, this, could, am I wrong in saying Jesus, his life, was a living lament, not because it was so sad, but because ultimately we know the end of the lament is yeah. redemption and hope. Yeah. Is it unfair to say that his life was a living biblical lament, which, which suffers and mm. grieves, but in the end heals and brings wholeness and light? I love so, I love, I love so much of what you're saying here, Joe, and I want to just sort of name a few of those things and then respond to it. One of the things that you've pointed out is that covenant is the joining together, the, the withness. And, and what I love about that is when God made the world, my understanding of this notion of shalom is that things have, been, have come together and come alive. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is sort of put together in kind of a holistic way. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, my understanding of sin is the coming apart of the things that God put together. So in Genesis 3, you know, you have the divine and human relationship coming apart. Then Genesis 4, you have the brothers relationship coming apart, Cain and Abel. And then, well, and even before that, the male and female, as they blame one another, it, you know, that relationship comes apart. Uh, the ground comes apart and revolts against humans by giving way to the waters of the deep. And so, so in, in one sense, lament is recognizing the breach. Lament is recognizing the breach, the break in the things that God has joined together. Uh, when a loved one dies, that relationship has, has been breached, has been broken. It doesn't continue in the same way that it once was. Um, so grief is about breaks in things that God joins together. Um, but and I, so I've always thought of covenant then as kind of the basis for the psalmist lament to say, wait a minute, you're the God that was supposed to be with me, but where are you? As we'll see in Psalm 13. And also you're the God who put things together. So what's up with this? But what I, what I like about what you're saying is not only is covenant the basis for the lament, but covenant is kind of the response of the, to, to lament, because in the midst of the sorrow, what does God do? He gives us himself. So as a Christian, you know, you say, is Jesus's life one long lament? Yes. And Jesus's life is the embodiment of the covenant, is the embodiment of the witness of God. You know, so, so Matthew's gospel records Jesus is being called Emmanuel, God with us, you know. And, and as you pointed out at the end of Matthew's gospel, the, the, the ever and always the eternal witness of God with us uh, in, in Jesus. So not only is Jesus the embodiment of lament, but he's the embodiment of the covenant of the witness of God. So I like that covenant is the basis for the lament, but covenant is a response to the lament. Jesus is the embodiment of that. And then to take it one step further, what you said about our response to others, what are we leaving them with? In other words, when we find people where there are breaks and cracks in their life, where the gaps of things that were once joined together are now pulled apart, what do we do? Uh, we don't fill it by replacing the, the thing they've lost, but we, in some ways, we bring our whole selves to it so that our presence is the new witness that we give them. That's what you're saying, right? Yes, and, and for all of us, 
we've we we struggle in providing that withness in in putting so to speak humpty dumpty back together again <laughs> to use a uh, very profound metaphor the because there's a reason and and this is why i'm i'm so appreciative of of this opportunity that we have with with no rush that if we walk through over the next few weeks one verse i promise you no i mean it if 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 that's what we do i promise you we will find more wholeness than if we went through the entire book because what often happens and we'll discuss this in the psalm when it comes up is the wholeness the restoration the healing that we are seeking to provide that withness for those who are without. We often, we have noble hearts, we have loving hearts, but we haven't wrestled with lament ourselves. Mm. And therefore, if we can't heal our own brokenness, we're only going to offer shattered brokenness mm. to others. Mm. The wholeness that others need not, must necessarily begin at least with our own wrestling with our Amen. brokenness, even if it's still shattered, I can relate to you deeply, Glenn, mm. because I know you have wrestled with the same soulful issues that I have. So it's, we wrestle together. Yeah. And I can't wrestle with someone who has platitudes, who has spiritual answers for everything that they've never even asked the question about. Mm. So I want to go through these psalms or the psalm that were picked for this time anyways. Yeah. Seeking out how the lament, let's track the lament. Let's follow yeah. the lament yeah. of the psalm so that we can walk through it in our own lives and more efficiently walk with others, not with answers, with others yes. in terms of presence. That's so good. Well, let's do that. You wanted to make a comment about the different... Uh, verse, the way verses are numbered in Hebrew versus in uh, our English Bibles. Yeah, so we, we picked Psalm 13, mm -hmm. but this is true for, I would say, I haven't done an exhaustive, just going based on my memory. I've looked at the, all the English trans, uh, not all, but I've looked probably mm -hmm. at over 30 English translations over the years. Mm -hmm. And I've looked at the Septuagint just because of, I study the Septuagint and the and the Vulgate, the Latin Vulgate. Mm -hmm. uh, the everything I'm about to say applies. This is a summary. If we ever do another podcast just on Psalms, I will nuance this. So half of the things I'm going to say now, there are exceptions to. So <laughs> write with your complaints to Glenn about this. <laughs> but basically, as simply as I can state this, the Jewish Christ tradition and the and the Christian tradition in the English Bibles have different versifications, usually one verse off, often one time two that I can recall, one time two verses in the Psalms. And what often happens more frequently is that there are titles that are given to the Psalm, not by the editor, yeah. but they are actual titles that are taken from the Psalms verse. Psalm verse one in Hebrew, the Christian Bibles, the English Bibles will take a couple of words out and place them as a title. Yeah. Whereas in Hebrew, they are verse one. So for example, when it says, 
in 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 our psalm here in psalm 13 i could give you a you know there's a hundred yeah, examples it starts with to the choir master a psalm of david that would be your verse one correct correct and anytime you see that and, and even if it was just shorter even if it was just the psalm of david yeah that's a title for us it's verse one and sometimes there's, if, if you look in the Vulgate and the Septuagint, it's like Psalm 23, which we all love, is actually Psalm 22. It's because of different, <laughs> different ways of combining the Psalms. Gotcha. But the point here is our differences in versification, I think, I, I don't, I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. I'm saying they're both instructive. Mm. And in the Jewish tradition, what I want to offer you mm. is that every word it sounds just like a title. It sounds like it doesn't, who cares if it's by David or by Solomon or by any of the other authors. The Jewish tradition views every word, views these words as integral parts mm. of the overall meaning of the psalm. Mm. And, 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 and they get prime place, prime mm. position. They are verse one. That's not yeah. accidental. Yeah. We position the most important things up front. And these are a necessary part of the Psalms wondrous wisdom for our lives. So each and every one, this is key, each and every word of every Psalm echoes infinitely into our souls, infinitely into our souls. And that off they offer us, they offer us healing. They offer us inspiration. Mm -hmm. They offer us comfort mm -hmm. and restoration and communion, mm. and peace, mm. and hope, mm. and, 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 but only, only if we allow their words to yeah. enter. Every word, and I will say, this is critical, just because we read the Psalms doesn't mean we have healing, and peace, and comfort. Yes, these are words of, of healing, mm. but still, still, there are scars. Yeah. Still, yeah. there are scars that scream, and this, this is, this is a lament. I am walking us through the lament of Psalm. This is our intro. Yeah. Yes, these are words of inspiration. Thank God for them. Mm. But still, there is depression yeah. because of the hardships that afflict us. Mm. And, and yes, these are words of comfort. Mm. But still, we have tears because of heartache mm. and the anguish mm. of life. And yes, these are words of restoration, but still there is devastation and desolation within. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, these are words of communion, mm -hmm. but still there is alienation and exile. Just look at our lives. Yes, these are words of peace, holy peace. In Hebrew, mm -hmm. shalom is the root of word shlemut, which is wholeness. Yes, mm -hmm. these are words of peace and wholeness, but still we are broken. Yeah, as the battle yeah. rages on within. Mm. And yes, these are words of hope. Still, still, they are hope, but still mm. we feel hopeless and despair. And that's when, and that's where, and that's how we often encounter that still small voice that cries out from within. Mm. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. In mm. that stillness, we can hear the divine. And this is the lament of life with covenant, with sacred wisdom, with community, with our maker, 
if we have a hope and open heart to receive mm. we have access not to perfection yeah not to perfection but to broken wholeness and that's what these psalms do when we take seriously their laments and their wisdom these are holy words in these psalms and they are the way into our sacred brokenness and so i pray as we enter that we allow each and every word from the simplest word to the most profound to enter into our hearts as we begin our journey through mm -hmm. this lament, our lament, mm. so we can fully, as we said before, share in others' laments. Mm. Please don't offer me lament mm. insight and lament wisdom when you haven't walked through the broken lament of life yourself, mm. when you've covered it up, when you've patched it up, when you've distracted yourself from the pain or when you've rushed through yeah. the sacred texts that are so painful. Yes. And that's why we must go slower. I know what the last verse says and <laughs> so do you. And I don't care right now. Mm. I don't mm. care. I can't care because David didn't start with that verse. Mm. And mm. that's where we can help our own lives mm. and our brothers and sisters because when we encounter lament we can encounter and be present for other people's lament in yeah. covenant yeah. with presence well it's 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 beautiful that as the psalm opens it's to the choir master and then he says how long O lord um i i, I so what it says to me right away is there's a witness with the people of god because this is the choir master. So it's supposed to be said in community, prayed in community, sung in community, that even in this expression of lament, it's not go away and come back when you're all better. It's let's sing this together in our sorrow and in our grief. And then not just a community, the choir master, but the God himself, the covenant God himself. How long, oh Lord, Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I mean, how um, the paradox in that, that we're talking about, we're singing about God's absence, and yet it's sung and addressed to God, that there, there's a refusal to exit that sacred space. There's a refusal to be withdrawn from God, that there's a witness with God, even in the, the, the feeling of his absence, right? Yes, and it's the most intimate name of God. Mm. The, 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 what we call the tetragrammaton, which makes up the, the root letters, make up the word for pure being, yeah. past, present, and future. So we are with being, with existence, even in. But if, if you, that's you the off, That's the, the covenant. Opening, Yes, That's the covenant name for God. It's not the generic uh, word for God. It's the covenant name for God. Yes. So, so this, I, I don't know how far we're going to get, and I'm sure it's not going to be very far because of time right now, but this, this Psalm 13 is our Psalm for the next few weeks. Mm. And mm. let's make it ours because the, let's make it our Psalm. It's not, yes, it's David's, but the rabbis teach that the Psalms, were for David. Yes, he wrote them. But 
they teach, it's in a Midrashic text, a poetic text, commentary on the Psalms, that they were also for all people for all times. So let's make this ours. And let's begin that first word, you highlighted it. We often gloss over it because it's a title for Mm -hmm. for the choir master, for the conductor. Here's an example of every word being relevant yeah. in our sacred lives and in this context for our sacred lament. Lamnat mm. Seach, I'll give you two interpretations. It, the, the, the basic idea, yes, for the conductor, for the choir master. Okay, so there was a choir master in, in the times of the temple who mm. led the, the choir. You didn't need me to come on and, and give you that gem from heaven, right? <laughs> In fact, I should be defrocked for even saying it. But the idea of for the choir master, we now begin to move into the psalm, folks. This is not a title, at least in, in, in how we are reading it. Jewish, yeah. This is the first verse. Why? And I'll tell you, I think, I think it's my own interpretation. But for the choir master... For the choir master, that means the choir master has a choir. (laughs) That's right. And guess what? We, we are now that choir. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. David says it's for all people for all times. So we are now in that choir. This is now our psalm. It's our psalm and our song. It's our psalm of lament that we must sing. Mm -hmm. It's our song and psalm of lament that we must walk and live. And I mean all its verses. It's all its verses, but it's more than just we are in the choir. We are part of the choir that once was and is now continuing with us. And I think this is foundational for lament. The idea that there is a conductor is Mm. not limited to the immediate context of the temple. I think in the context of lament, there is something much broader, much more expansive mm. that is up front. Although subtly, and in it's a hint, there's a broader context that this psalm we know is dedicated to the to, to God. Yeah. Divine yeah. Father. So for me, this first word, Lam for the conductor, for the choir master, means. Remember in your lament, my friends, my children, there is a grand conductor or choir master of life. This Mm. isn't just the choir master of the temple. This Mm. is the choir master of life. Mm. We, exactly in our lives. And we are part now of that heavenly choir. I love that. And we must remember in our time of lament, this is a kindness that is being offered subtly, but it's a profound, a profound and necessary reminder that our end is not lament. Yeah, yeah. Our end is in the Lord. And that is what the grand conductor is offering us. And well, unfortunately, everything after this goes south. Yeah, well, <laughs> just, just, and we're going to wrap up here, Joe, but just to kind of give... Uh, the people in a bird's eye view of this, you know, that that introductory verse to the choir master, and I love what you're saying, kind of God, the great choir master of the cosmos, you know, uh, singing creation into being, inviting us to sing along with him, whether it's the song in a minor key of sorrow, or a song in the major key of hope, we sing along with him. 
reminding us that we're in a community that is our present community of faith and that we're in a great historical community. We join the great company of the people of God who have sung um, this song. And it's interesting because if you think of the choir master as verse one, the last verse of the psalm, verse six, is I will sing to the Lord for he has dealt bountifully with me. And I've never seen this before until this conversation with you, that that when you see it that way, the psalm is bookended by singing to the choir master. And yeah. then as he goes through the journey of complaint, and then he starts to make a request in the next few verses, and then he starts to express his trust. And we end again with a song. So we begin with a song, a song in a minor key, as it were, and then we end with the song of praise. And let's let's make this our end point for today, Rabbi yes. Joe, and we will continue next time. Always a pleasure. Thank you.